When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here's Polanco. To left center field, slicing away from Naquin. He won't get there. All the way to the wall. It'll empty the bases. Polanco digging for third. And he's in with a bases-clearing triple. Ah, uh, this is Ricey, and I'm in Fort Myers. The Twins were up in Bradenton today. Got beat 11-8. to Sano had three hits. That's good. Uh, and, uh, you know, he actually looks pretty good this spring, even though he's huge. He's uh, moving around okay. He looks okay. But, obviously, the big story was back here in Fort Myers. Jorge Polanco met with the media briefly, maybe seven or eight minutes. There was uh, six or seven of us. Down there talking to him, uh, he would just he just wanted to uh, he was just apologizing to his team and everyone else, just like in the statement yesterday. He really wouldn't get into much details. He did admit that he's known for a month that he had a positive test. Uh, they of course they they if you ask them to they will then test the whenever there's a positive test they will then they'll inform you, but then they also test sample B. They both came back positive. And uh, he uh, he accepted the 80-game suspension. He tried to say that he chose not to fight it anymore, but there was really no sense in fighting it. And by all accounts, uh, the Twins and Derek Falvey is, uh, seems to be an honest guy. They did not know, and from what I understand of the response, they did not know this was going on with Polanco until about uh, 10 o'clock yesterday morning. When uh, Polanco asked to meet with uh, Molitor and Falvey and told them that he uh, had uh, flunked a drug test and would be uh, and would be uh, suspended, and the baseball the announcement by baseball came about five o'clock Eastern, and they, they, the MLB would have informed the Twins shortly, but uh, Polanco wanted to inform uh, Molitor and uh, Falvey himself, which was a pretty straight shooting on his account. Uh, we met his agent today, too, uh, Ulysses Cabrera. Uh, seems like a pretty sharp guy, uh, you know, not some dummy who's uh, out there telling a guy to do whatever he has to do to get stronger. So uh, this this came out of nowhere, really, because... Uh, Polanco does uh, not not seem that type of kid. He uh, he seems a, he's a, he's a bright kid. Uh, speaks uh, not that this is the the determining factor, but he speaks English well. He used an interpreter today, but he doesn't really need one. I I did a column on him a couple of weeks ago and just talked to him. You know. So Pat, if he tested positive a month ago um, by Major League Baseball, that when, when do we suspect that he was taking the substance, or do we not have any idea when that? Occurred? They have not given us a timeline. He has not given us a timeline. Sometime this winter. 
You know, he just became a father uh, four and a half months ago. I That's think. what Wetmore I said. I, yeah, I, heard I think say the that. baby's four or five months old. Okay. And, uh, it seemed fine. I mean, I talked to him. He seemed upbeat and fine. I mean, but he's a really low-key guy anyway, so it's, it's uh, you know, hard to... Uh, hard to tell the difference i guess he was uh he was but but he was when i asked if i could interview him he said yeah fine and uh and came back in and we talked for 20 minutes maybe uh, this was like two three weeks ago so he knew this was hanging over him but i think he was hoping that sample b uh came up uh negative but i think he also knew he was out of luck and he's you know, he, that story about b12 shots and that that's kind of become the uh the standard uh, thing that uh, players say. He would not tell us if it was an injection or if he took it orally, but uh, it, it seems that though he probably wasn't inject. If it wasn't an injection, he probably would have uh, would have uh, would have told us that. So, you know, eighty you, games, eighty games. I uh, I, I want to believe him because you know he he is the kind of kid that you you, you do kind of root for. But I look at his performance last year and how he he was one of the had he had he had minor league options last year he would have been sent down um, the during the middle of the season, of the season before yeah. he got hot in september and, and honestly he was one of the best hitters in the lineup and one of the reasons they made the postseason but, last year uh, but here here let me say this you don't okay you can say he went home for his grandfather's funeral and mm-hmm. maybe he got injection injected that's not the way they work <laughs> you know it's not oh I got a shot of steroids. Now I'm going to go out there and just start mashing the baseball. You know, sure. I mean, it's it's not. You don't have instant results from these things. These are something. Mostly, you take them. I think to uh, you know recover, allow you to work out. Yes, and uh, I, I get that ard- ardently. And baseball has this problem. It is the only sport that sends thirty percent of the workforce to a foreign country to spend. The off season, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it is it is hard to buy. Well, they don't have many camps. You know, you can't get guys to show up in March. They don't have bonuses that if you come and spend. Uh, if we have a December mini mini camp, and then you spend the next two months here before camp, they don't they don't have that, and uh, they have thirty percent of their workforce. In the Dominican and Venezuela and Puerto Rico and countries with vastly different, uh, I'm not going to use the word because I hate the word. Mm-hmm. Vastly, di- I'm going to use the word because this is what it means. Vastly different cultures, <laughs> not something that's created, something that's existing. Okay, a vastly different culture because it exists. It's not a bunch of crap that somebody talks about. Okay. It's what a culture is. But, uh, you know, who knows uh, how, uh, uh, assuming that he took this thing intentionally, and that's, you know, it's 50-50, I don't know who convinces him to do it. That's not our culture. That's unacceptable 100%. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, thank you for that. But anyway, it's... It is a, boy, it is a punch to the gut, though, because... I saw some of the reactions from Twins fans. Ah, they're not going to miss him that much. He's not that great a shortstop. He can hit. Yes. Yeah. His left-handed swing is fantastic. He is quick to the ball, is almost as quick to the ball as Rosario. His left-handed swing is great. He played well for them. He's a good kid. They've looked at him as a guy with big league hitting potential, for since the time they signed him 
at the same time they signed Sano. They signed him the same year. He's a big league hitter. He had a horrible month last year. It could have been Grandpa's funeral, or it could have been... I don't think he's an overly confident kid. When things start going bad, they beat him up. And uh, I I don't think he's an overly confident uh, kid, as I said. And I think maybe when things are going bad, they kept going bad. And what was it? They didn't start him eight out of ten games, put him back in the lineup early August, and uh, he started hitting. That had become really Escobar's, uh, when when he became kind of a prominent fixture in the lineup, was because of Polanco's struggles. And they played Adrianza there a couple of games. And people are saying, well, they must have known when they signed Ibar. Uh, they signed our Ibar because uh, they know that if uh, Snow were to get suspended, uh, Escobar would be their third baseman, Adrianza would be their shortstop, and I don't think they're ready to put Nick Gordon in the big leagues yet. So they wanted they needed a backup infielder. So is it going to be? Do you think it's just going to be like a shortstop by committee type of thing for the first eighty games of the year? Where I think Eddie is there. A little bit, I, and there and... It depends if if Snow's playing. I think it'll be Eddie. I mean mm-hmm. Escobar. I think it'll be Escobar more than Adrianza, but five days a week, not seven. Yeah. Know? And Adrianza. They like Adrianza a lot, and he's probably a better shortstop than Escobar defensively in the field. Uh, but he's not as good a hitter, and plus Escobar is what? I mean, you after the year he's – after the couple of years he's had for you, you gotta you got to play him, I suppose. Yeah. But – yeah, it's uh, and I you know if if both of them are having a hard time and Nick Gordon's ripping it up at Rochester, uh, you know he could end up playing. He could end up getting rushed to the big leagues too. But uh, they played him more at second than than, than short this year. I think they kind of look at him like they did Polanco that he's more of a second baseman than a shortstop. So I saw his brother came out and ripped the Twins for uh, for uh, not playing him at shortstop this spring. D. Gordon. He's oh, a shortstop. Did okay. you see that? No, I missed this part. That? Did not no. see that, no. I got to, uh, I, I guess I'll take a minute here. I got to tell you guys this story, though. One of the, uh, and I tweeted this out, but one of the, and, and I kind of go along with this, one of the reasons Polanco's maybe had so much trouble in the field uh, this spring is making those bad throws and not having the concentration he had last year could be that this is weighing on him, right? Sure. Well, so somebody said that to me on Twitter, which reminded me of my favorite, in a sad, sad way, my favorite Calvin Griffith quote of all time, which was, Danny Thompson was his shortstop. And in 1973, Danny was diagnosed with leukemia and a very virulent form of leukemia. One of the great guys that ever lived, by the way. But uh, he started undergoing uh, experimental treatments for it at, at Mayo Clinic. He'd go down there, and they'd just beat the hell out of me. He'd come back with these big sores on him, and it was just bad. But I think it was 74. Uh, Danny was really playing poorly, and Calvin says, I don't know what's wrong with Thompson. There must be something on his mind. <laughs> well... Of course, Danny died of leukemia at age 29 at, in 1976. But, yeah, there was something on his mind, Calvin. Yeah, the fact he might but not Calvin, live. Calvin, never a sentimentalist, made Texas take Danny in the Blurt Blylevin trade in 1976. Wow. And Danny ended up dying for uh, six weeks after, I think six weeks after he played his last game in the big leagues. But uh, there must be something on his mind, Calvin said. Yes, 
I, we all agree on that, Calvin. That's Harris. the understatement so, of the century. Is, yeah. Worse than a drug suspension is experimental treatment for leukemia, which yeah. he was undergoing. All right. We'll be, yeah. You know what? He was fun to cover, Calvin. He was fun to cover because he would say some odd I'm stuff. I'm stunned this. about that. Did he say that on purpose? I mean, no, he said that tongue in cheek. No, just no, completely just, dumb. Or was he just uh, well, being? Well, I crass? would never call completely dumb. Unaware, Calvin dumb, unaware. I would say that's a better word, huh. Calvin. He was, he was unaware. Yeah, he was not cracking wise. No, he wow. Was not. I'm no. sitting here mouth agape. I'm stunned. <laughs> wow. Imagine us when we got the quote. Well, yeah. uh, Imagine as my we surprise. were rushing as we were rushing to our typewriters. So. Man, oh man. Uh, all right, we shall return. Fires in mid range. No. Derrick Rose, offensive rebound. Put back up and in. Can't let them get our rebounds. Derrick Rose attacks and scores. He's doing a whale of a job. Rose. Has the Derrick Rose era started in a defeat against Houston? I didn't see the game. What what was going on? All of a sudden, there was love on uh, Twitter for the previously reviled Derrick Rose. What was going on, Manny? He had about eight good minutes of basketball. That's okay. what happened. He played really well in the fourth quarter. He was still a liability was defensively. It, but Was it garbage time by then? Or was uh, no, they, they he, were, was he was, trying? He, no, he played a pretty big role in them getting back into the game because they were down by... 20. I mean, well, the, I think the they gave up 77 in the first in half. In the first right? half, yeah. Yeah, it was 77-56 at the half, I think. <laughs> so so he, he led them on a, on a comeback, and they got to within five, and then, you know, they missed a couple shots. And they couldn't get so, any stops. That's what that's what ended up hurting them. So what, uh, well, they haven't. They played Houston every time they played them. They haven't got any stops. But what, yeah. uh, so how are they... Where is he playing then? Is he in the three guard deal, or was this uh, yeah, playing in he, two guard? He kind of well. Yesterday they played him quite a bit with Teague in the fourth quarter, and it actually it actually worked out pretty good on the offensive end. Um, they, neither of them guards anybody though, right? Yeah, neither of them play any defense, and and Rose is worse defensively than Jeff Teague, and that's really saying something because Jeff Teague still struggles defensively. But they, I mean, they he you know he plays. You know, he 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 was the primary scorer. Him and Jamal Crawford were the primary scorers in the in the second unit. So that's I mean that's why he's there to 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 score. But gosh, you know, on defense and just you know being able to spread the floor, he just he just doesn't give you that. And and it kind of showed yesterday. He's not a, a three point shooter, which is not of even close. One of the problems, but uh, well, it, it it's funny that uh, yeah, yeah, I did see a couple of people. Even the great Mackey said, uh, uh, "Well, I, I got to give him credit for these eight minutes or something like that." So yeah, but now they're uh, they're up against it. Now they're uh, they're in eighth uh, place. They got to get back at least to sixth, right? To have a chance against anybody, yeah. Because if, if you're seventh or eighth, you're yeah. stuck with Golden State or Houston, and you got no shot. And they get uh, the Clippers in here. The Clippers in here Tuesday. If they beat the Clippers here Tuesday, that certainly would put them in uh, much better stead to actually make the playoffs. But, yes, uh, the best was uh, you were talking about reaction on social media and Twitter. Chris Long had a great one because you know he was covering. Uh, the the girls basketball tournament all weekend for for channel forty five and he mm-hmm. said all right I'm just getting around to it I don't get it 
does Rose have naked pictures of Tibbs somewhere? <laughs> you know, did he save his life? Uh-huh. What is with this undying devotion to keep putting him out there? I don't get it. But, but then, in the, then in the fourth quarter, he played okay. See, all you doubters, all you doubters. Yes. Oh, the well, the, the, the Derrick Rose fans—they were they were in full force yesterday after the game, despite the fact that the Wolves lost the basketball game. But sure. it was yeah. See, I told you, all you people that doubted Derrick yeah, Rose. Well, it, but it, that's a very small. From what I could tell, Manny, that's a very small group. It's of, a, it's uh, a fairly it's a fairly fan. well. It's not even Wolves fans. It's like people from Chicago and. You know, mm-hmm. Bulls fans and trolls and and all that. But so I got a question for you: Can he move or not? Is he? I mean, is he? Is he got his legs or not? He can. He can move. I mean, I mean, he, you know, he can handle the ball and he can get to the rim still a little bit. He had a nice dunk in the game in the fourth quarter yesterday, so he can. He can. He can move a little bit, but just here's what on I want to know: is where he's really because I only saw him is. play. I only saw him play sparingly when he was with the Bulls. Yeah. But I knew that when he came into the league, and obviously when he played at Memphis, he was a very explosive, very fast player. So is it mm-hmm. because that's what we're comparing him to, or is he still slow compared to other players in the league? Well, if he's trying to guard somebody, he's just a step behind every time. And I don't know how much of that is just with declined athleticism or, or what, but it's just defensively is where it really is where I'm really, really concerned about this because he does have some skills still offensively. He can get to the rim a little bit. He's got so what he there, should be but... doing is playing for the Syracuse Orangemen. Then, oh my god, sitting in that zone, sitting huh? in that zone, yeah, playing in the front of that zone. He How do a... it work? <laughs> he might be. Okay. I watched two almost entire Syracuse games with him. How do it work? You know what they're trying to do. I'll tell you what, though they guard the hell out of you out front. They they move in. They move inside that zone. I, but they're I will in say that. no hurry to shoot oh, when they yeah, got well, the ball. And what yeah. good does it do them? They right. can't take. They can't make any shots at all. They uh, it it's the damnedest thing I've ever seen. But you know, okay, we used to remember we used to get rip the hell out of Tubby for not being able to beat that Northwestern zone. You know they're playing that zone, one, Tubby. One. <laughs> you know they're playing zone, Tubby. Well, here's the great genius Izzo. He got out coached so bad in that game, it was unbelievable, wasn't it? Could you I imagine? Mean, they, they didn't do anything. To, they had no solution. They threw the ball to the high post. The guy on the high post, whether it was Jackson or Jackson, how many points did Jackson end up with? Like four, right? He was terrible. They, they would turn around, but they but throw the ball to the high post inside the zone, and nothing nothing happened. How, nothing, nothing. They got two baskets doing that. How great would a Syracuse-Virginia matchup have been? 38-36. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> This is what we need in basketball. Syracuse and Virginia, they'd go take us back to Mussey and Indiana when they first came to town. And I think the first game ever Mussey played against Bobby, he beat him fifty-one to fifty at the uh, at Williams Arena. But that was when there was no shot clock. Oh my to, God! To, it is hard to be this boring with a shot clock, <laughs> but they're unbelievable. And and you know what it does though? It invites you to choke. That's what the Syracuse zone does, doesn't it? Yes. Because yeah. all of a sudden, you know, you're you're you you've it, you're now two down, and you've missed six straight shots. So now, guys who've made shots all year can't make a shot because they're just choking. And because the pucker they know. factor gets real yeah, high. They had twenty 
some offensive rebounds, and they got beat by these clowns. Yeah, because that's what happens when you go when when you play the two three zone, like what Syracuse does. Mm -hmm. You're susceptible to give up more offensive rebounds because so many teams are shooting from the perimeter and giving up long rebounds. But if you can't shoot, it doesn't matter. Well, and they didn't let them have. They gave up the offensive rebounds, but they didn't give up a lot of putbacks. Right. So they had to throw the ball back out and miss another three. You know, and and you were mentioning Mussy. I want to know what the ESPN percentage to win index would have shown us about yeah, Nevada when they, when they were down twenty two. That was so much fun watching the end of that game, man. Was well, that I fun. communicated with him today for a while. We had him as a guest at five, at uh, four o'clock. But then the big boys came in uh, from the national. <laughs> we got bumped, huh? Nation, we, got, we got beat out by the national interviews. I tried to get him early. He said, I think it'll work. We'll be on a bus. And then he texted me back. He says, our SID uh, set, up, uh, <laughs> set up two national interviews uh, between uh, two and three. So. By the so way, I do love time. the fact, sorry, man, I do no, love the right. fact, though, that they went with the sound off in the post game after what happened on oh, Friday. Oh, yeah, after the, uh, <laughs> after the F-bomb. Oh, He's a muscle man. Right, what do you say the F-bomb? What is wrong with you idiots? Right. You know? It's he, your he fault. Grew up, it's not his fault. No. He grew up with Bill, for God's sake. It's in, it's yeah. in his DNA. <laughs> yes, it is. I love himself. him, though. I did text him, and I, I said this earlier, but I texted him, and I said, uh, I said, okay, when he told me he couldn't do it, he, I said, I said, okay, uh, thanks, thanks anyway, and I said, I, you, you know, we now have a matchup. I said, you have ninety-eight-year-old Sid in your corner, <laughs> taking on a ninety-eight-year-old nun. I said, good luck with that matchup. And he texted me back and said, thanks for that. <laughs> you know. So, so anyway, Loyola and. Nevada, unbelievable! What a tournament! What a mess of a tournament! And By the way, what we lost in the first weekend of the NCAA tournament, we lost two number one seeds, yep. yes. two number two seeds, yep. and two number three seeds. Yes, in and the you first know what, weekend. Manny? The quality of the basket. Duke's going to win, by the way. I've conceded. They're going to beat Syracuse 80 to 50 because they, <laughs> they'll, they'll make some threes. Uh, the quality of the basketball was horrendous. Yeah. Horrible. You know, horrible. Who, UMBC and, and Kansas State, they said basketball back yeah, oh, that was bad. 50 years. UMBC didn't score for 10 minutes and they were still in the game. And if you look at the pass, by the way, to the Final Four, look at Kentucky's pass. Well, how about Kentucky? When yeah. they got the bracket, Calipari, I heard him saying, everybody said, How'd you get this bracket? You got the worst bracket, and now I don't think they can lose, can they? Well, they still can, but their pat—I mean, they don't. Their their highest reigning seed that they'd have to face is don't they have? To, is it a seven? I forget the highest seed, but it's not. I mean, they're probably the favorite right now. You would think because yeah. just because of talent five. alone. Yep. All right, uh, we uh, we better run here. We need Johnny Height, and uh, we don't want to be late with traffic. All right, Johnny Hike with a sports update. Thank you, Patrick. This update sponsored by Account Temps. Do you need accounting and finance professionals for long-term or recurring projects? If so, Account Temps salary and professional service may be the right solution. Visit AccountTemps.com. Account Temps are Robert Half Company.
Uh, Twins lose to the Pirates today. Miguel Sano, 3-for-3 with a home run. Brian Dozier also with a home run. Twins pitching had some issues. Taylor Rogers, one inning, three hits, two runs. Tyler Duffy got knocked around. Three innings, seven hits, six runs, five of them. Hildy got him out, though, Johnny. Finally. Hildy, yeah. He's, he's got an inning with two strikeouts. He's been bad. So. He, uh, he had a good one over the weekend, too, so he's got yeah. two in a row. Yes. <laughs> the Twins. What I say to the Pirates, <laughs> you, came, you got me right now, uh-huh. but I got you. The Twins are off tomorrow. Ahori Polanco. Supposed to be thunderstorms here to celebrate one of their two off days really? in Fort Myers. Yeah. Ahori Polanco talked briefly with reporters this morning. Uh, he said the steroid he's been suspended for using was in what he thought was a B12 and iron supplement. He apologized to family, fans, and the team. Major League Baseball has suspended him for 80 games. He will also not be eligible to play in the playoffs this year if the Twins should happen to make it. So he stays down here, works out, and he can play in the uh, extended spring with those teams. He can't play with the organized teams, and then he can have... uh, he can have a 20-day rehab assignment as it approaches the 80 games thing. So you basically spend the spend the next three months here in Fort Myers. Uh, by the way, uh, that news could have some effect on this. Veteran infielder Eric Ibar will be able to ask for his release Friday if the team doesn't add him to the roster by then. Think they'll keep him as a utility guy? I think until... they probably will. He's played okay. Do they have a, yeah. Won't they have to make a spot, though, then, on the 40-man? 40 40-man. 40 well, they got one, Polanco. Oh. He doesn't. Oh, sure. You. Once okay. he's suspended, he doesn't count against you. What about Big Kenny? When's that supposed to? Is it this week or what? What's going on with him? I asked today, and I was told I'm not answering any Kenny. Almost uh, no. Falvey said he's not answering any Kenny questions or waiting till the ten days are up to let us know what's oh. going on. <laughs> okay. He hasn't obviously gotten claimed. So. Oh. Wild in action tonight. They're at home to play Los Angeles at the Excel Energy Center. Uh, anglers and resort owners on Black's uh, Lake face a third consecutive catch-and-release-only season this year for walleyes. DNR said today maintaining that restriction for the open water season that opens May 12th will let it keep the lake open to walleye fishing all summer instead of having to close it down midway through as they did last year. Malak's walleye population has undergone a long-term decline that's coincided with changes in the lake, including more invasive species and declines in forage species. But DNR Fisheries Chief Dan Pereira said the lake's walleye spawning stock has increased significantly and it can support more walleye fishing in 2018 as long as a catch-and-release rule is in place. The DNI did allow ice anglers to keep some walleyes this winter. It's a bass lake. It's turned into a bass lake. <laughs> All right, John, i got to let you go because we've got to get to traffic. There might be uh, bad stuff going on out there. Bando in the corner. Another three-pointer for Oregon, the eighth of the night. Timeout, Minnesota. How about 19 assists by the Ducks? Great execution. Okay, Manny, you know everything. Who's this chick that uh, plays for Oregon? Anescu or something? Man, alive. She's, yeah. she's good enough to play for uh she's good enough to play for Yukon. Uh terrific uh player. She was uh, lights out in the uh in the uh first game that that team played and then last night uh just uh, the Gophers had no chance against her. 29.7 rebounds. And uh, 29 minutes. They uh, they didn't. Sabrina, 
I-O-N-E-S-C-U. Uh, she is uh, fantastic, and the Gophers had no no answer for uh, them. Now, the Gophers played a little better defense this year, but uh, that was, this was an old-time defensive performance by the Gophers. They gave up 101. 101, and the season yeah. ends. But uh, i got to think Marlene's going to get an extension here, don't you? Uh, She's she done a nice a couple, job. She only had a couple years left, and they lose... Uh, they only lose three seniors and not really the bulk of their team. And the nice thing about uh, the uh, the women's basketball is very few leave early. Now it's becoming a little more common of, uh, of leaving early after your junior year. But uh, she'll uh, she loses Carly, of course, and Carly's a great player. But yep. uh, but uh, this Destiny Pitts is as as I think you were the one Ravers pointing out how good she is. We right? were in here watching the game on Friday, and yeah. the, the shots she was making was incredible. Yeah, she's really good, and then uh, the Kanisha kid is uh, really good, and uh, yeah, they 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 they're good, and I would imagine they've they've got a couple of coming in. They somebody came onto her staff and did some serious recruiting for her in the Detroit area. So. Uh-huh. Uh, Anyway, she uh, she uh, they, done a get, very nice job. They get beat uh, 101 to 73 last night by Oregon, though. So uh, they're gone, and a lot of people think Oregon has uh, uh, got a chance to play UConn. Uh, they're very in good the, in the Final Four, but they won't beat them. But they got a chance to beat them. It's nice to see UConn unbeaten. Did you see their first? They play again today. Did you see their first score? It was. I think they had 88 at halftime. Oh my God! Oh, come on! I think they had eighty-eight at halftime, and it was a hundred. It was eighty-eight to twenty-seven or thirty-two or something like that. What was the What yeah. was this? What was the uh, Gino Ariema stat that I read to you off the air, Reavers, last week? It was like oh, he, hasn't, yeah. he hasn't lost a conference game in five <laughs> <No>. years. <laughs> And whether it was the old Big East or the new Big East, it doesn't make any difference. Or the, the American. That's what they're... That's what yeah, the American, American, American now. Yeah, yeah, the American. They, and, yeah, since uh, they've been in the American, they have never well, lost when they a had, when game. Notre Dame played in that league, they had a chance to lose to them about once every three years in South Bend, right? Because Notre Dame's got one of the better women's programs in the country. Yeah. But uh, now that they're not even in the same league, it, uh, he's, he's got... I don't know who in God's name would possibly defeat him in the American. So, anyway, but the Gophers, uh, yeah, they had a good year. So, uh, good uh, good for them. Meanwhile, we were talking earlier today. I think the Don's probably done. But what difference does it make that they didn't make the tournament as far as his future is concerned? Right. When, when at 5.30 in the afternoon you have a 99.3% chance of making the tournament, and then you don't make the tournament, that should have no impact on whether you bring him back or not, right? I mm-hmm. suppose the impact would be if he got into the tournament and won a couple of games and got to the Frozen Four, okay? But the fact that, uh, A, they got beat. You still lost four straight to Penn State, Which right? was the most, oh. Yeah, and I mean, every the, one of those games, Penn State they started, were better than you. Penn yes. State elevated their program from club status in the fall of 2012. <laughs> and six years later, Pride on Ice is losing uh, four straight to them. It shouldn't really have that much. To me, it's like we're going to fire Glenn Mason because the guy from Texas Tech made a 52-yard field goal. Well, <laughs> if you're going to fire him, fire him. Don't base it on a 52 or 4-yard field On the field outcome goal. of one game, right. Yeah, right. but uh, <laughs> it is it is one of the great 
mathematical feats in the history of sports. Six conference title games to be played after North Dakota beats UMD. And I, I, did you see the, the quotes from Lucia? He and the, they, even, they went out to dinner or they went to a movie or something, he and the wife, knowing that UMD had lost, and he started checking his phone, and one of the messages on his phone was from one of his sons, not Mario, but a different son, saying, uh, as he was going into dinner, he had a message from his son saying, we're not uh, definitely in yet. If all six of these games go the wrong way, (laughs) we miss it. But... And then it happened, and four of those, the team was the underdog. Princeton, Michigan Tech, playing uh, Princeton was supposed to have no chance. Michigan Tech, Boston U, and Denver, of course, against St. Cloud. Now, Denver's probably just as good as St. Cloud, but they were the underdogs in that game because St. Cloud goes into the tournament as the number one overall seed. And those four uh, all won, and they lost. <laughs> they, they had six games come come up the wrong way and as i said in vegas a 16 parley pays 40 to one but four of the were favored so the odds probably would have been like 50 to one don't you think too i I, i've had this thought over this last gopher hockey season you know everybody wants it to to go back to when it was friday and saturday night the the mariucci was rocking and it's it's never going to get back to that point for two reasons well they should have and i (laughs) keep saying they should have never left the wcha it was already running out of us some of its steam because it wasn't the WCHA. I mean, I have nothing against your alma mater. I have nothing against uh, Bemidji State. But it was now, it was what, a 12-team league. Right. It wasn't. Yeah. There were years when you didn't play North Dakota four times. You only played four of the teams twice. Back, you know, it wasn't the old WCHA. It was already losing some steam. Now, the WCHA tournament did well at uh, at the X, but and, it, and now, look at the Big Ten. The Big Ten's got two number one seeds. Well, and Pat, Notre I, Dame and Ohio State. It's not the problem that the league stinks. It's just that people have the ship has sailed. There's other stuff to go to. And I think the <clears throat> the ascension of the wild, too, has really oh, put sure. a damper on it because there's only so much hockey dollar to go around. And when all these people that are, whether they're a season ticket holder for the wild, they they're also have their kids that are involved in hockey. You know, and, and it's just become an afterthought, I think, to go to a the wild, hockey game. The Wild, since the day they signed Suter and Parisi, are averaging 102% of capacity. So that's a lot of dollars right there. Mm-hmm. That's And those tickets aren't cheap. And uh, it's just, you know, originally, yeah, uh, some of it was being in the Big Ten and not caring about those teams. But you had the number one team in the country Notre Dame in town in late January, early February, and drew 6,000 actual. I mean, that's that's not a Big Ten problem. That's I mean, Notre Dame was in your league. They were in here. They hadn't lost a Big Ten game, I don't think, at that point. Or maybe they had lost one. And you didn't draw any people for that. That's not a conference problem. That's just a, you know... There's just too damn much going on, and we don't care that much about gopher hockey anymore. Look at the way the newspapers cover it compared to oh, yeah. you know, eight, seven, eight years ago. We all had beat guys on the team, beat gals, guys or gals on the team, and now, and the other, now we cover 
10 of their games, you know. And the other problem too, Pat, and you kind of alluded to it, was like the attendance. I mean, I remember maybe two years ago looking up, and I think I think the Gophers, ironically, were getting ready to play Notre Dame, and I just looked up ticket prices to see. I was like, hey, maybe I want to head to a game. And it's like, and I saw the prices, and I'm like, I don't, I don't want to pay that much. No, for that, I'm not going to spend that kind of. I don't want to spend ninety dollars to sit in the top row at Mariucci to watch them play. You know, Notre Dame. I don't want to spend yeah. that much money. It's yeah, ridiculous. if you're if you're not a, you know, if you and but especially when you go to StubHub and get them for about four bucks. You know. So, yeah. Anyway. All right, uh, but uh, quite the uh, odds, uh, quite the odds breaking there. It was so uh, quite Minnesota the parley sports. By the Gopher. Oh yeah, my God, this is worse than you know. This was the real Minnesota miracle because this was us, right? This was more of a miracle than Stephen. In a nutshell, <laughs> yes, this was worse than Nathan Poole. Yes, that, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, to do this, not that it, not that anybody cares, but it was. It's kind of funny. We'll be back. That, please, we'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick? Great Depression was ongoing. The state's economy was in the tank. Later that year, Nevada legalized divorce as well, and the rest is history. The casinos gave couples something to do while they rode out the six-week waiting period to get unmarried. Is that Shepard Smith telling us that? That is Shepard Smith. Is that yes. Shepard? The yeah. only sane person on Fox Sports, uh, News? Okay. <laughs> the only, uh, that was good for Shepard. Yep, on this day in history, 1931, Nevada legalized gambling. The state legislature, as, as uh, Shep told us there, the Nevada's mines were in a decline. They were running out of gold and silver. And uh, the economy was in a shamble at the beginning of the Depression in March 1931. Nevada State Legislature responded to population flight by taking the drastic measure of legalizing gambling and later in the year, divorce. Uh, established in 1905, Las Vegas became the gambling and entertainment capital of the world, of course. Uh, we all appreciate that action taking back then today. Today's uh, gambling taxes account for the lion's share of Nevada's overall tax revenues. And I have made the decision that uh, if I'm still around <laughs> 10 years from now and don't have anything else to do, I'm moving to Vegas oh, and becoming boy. a reprobate. <laughs> I'll be walking down the street. Picking up cigarette butts and uh, going in to place my last ten bucks on a game every. I, th- I think that'd be a good way to live out life. Let it you? ride. That's right. And get season tickets to the Raiders and then sell them to Packer fans every six years. Oh and my I, that'd, god! That'd pay me enough to uh, live another year. Uh, we uh, shall return. Myron Metcalf from ESPN will uh, talk college hoops with us. <laughs> 